Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hello and welcome into the sellouts. I'm Mitch Sherman. Max Olson is with me via the wonders of the internet from New Orleans. We have got a special holiday edition for you today during the longest wait ever between the college football playoff semifinals and the championship game. Max, you're making the most of your time waiting for kickoff on New Year's night between Baylor and Georgia and the Sugar Bowl. How are things in the Big Easy? Yeah, things are uh, things are obviously a little bit uh, dramatic as everyone uh, sort of freaks out here about the uh, NFL making another run at uh, Matt Rule and... Georgia's missing a bunch of players for this game. It's been uh, it's been a little bit dramatic here, and it's uh, also been uh, way too much uh, good eating and not enough exercise. <laughs> well, that's a good way to end the year, so you can make that resolution and get started it on the is. right foot. Yeah. Tomorrow, I'm just setting myself up for a uh, for a really really strong January of uh, of punishing myself. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Right, I'm in the same boat with you. Got a vacation scheduled in February. I need to uh, need to be in a in a good place. So. We Before this year's over, we're going to get into a piece that I wrote and that's uh, ready to read on The Athletic as of this morning. It's, it's Tuesday, New Year's Eve, as we tape 10 predictions for Nebraska football in 2020. So let's look at these things, Max. As I put it together, the first thing that I felt had to be addressed were the quarterbacks. Nebraska, of course, has four of them on scholarship now with Logan Smothers, the true freshman, coming into the mix in January. And the best that I could come up with in making a sensible prediction was to say that Scott Frost, early in the calendar year, is just not going to give us anything, no insight into what's going to happen with the potential competition. It does him essentially no good, I wrote. And then late in the year, None of these four guys are growing, going to grow impatient enough to enter the transfer portal. Do you have a better prediction regarding the four Nebraska quarterbacks <laughs> for 2020? Um, I agree with you on the former. I'm pretty skeptical of the latter, um, and that's yep. partially because we've, you know, we, this is how the, the Scott Frost era started with the uh, the backups uh, sensing that their 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 future was not. Starting quarterback in Nebraska and 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 uh, you know Tristan Jebby and Patrick O'Brien both leaving. So this is just kind of the time we're in now. Um, and, and and I think Nebraska's guys are a little bit different. You know the situation's a little bit different. I'm not making any predictions here. I'm just saying this is sort of where this is sort of where the sport's at right now. Um, it, it's it's great to have all these options and, and a great competition. But uh, nowadays, when you have a great competition, usually the guys who come up on the short end, uh, you know, look at their options. So I, I agree with you though. I think Frost is. Um, we're going to have to find some different ways to talk about this, aren't we? Because it's going to be the the analysis is going to grow uh, stale over the course of this off season, I think, for uh, for a lot of folks. Because there's just not going to be a lot of uh, insight, a lot a lot of um, you know, a lot of bold pronouncements from this coaching staff about uh, what they're going to do. Obviously, we know they feel very strongly about Adrian Martinez, but. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they handle it. And, and even if it's very clear to them what's going to happen, um, I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to give any of us a, a hint until uh, further down the road there. Yeah, I'm fascinated too. And I think we're all kind of set up to be let down a little bit because you go, you go into January, 
it's a new time on the football calendar. The team gets back together after this semester break that they're enjoying right now. They get back into winter conditioning in a couple of weeks. And you think, all right, what's what's going on with the team? What are the what are the headlines? And the quarterback jumps right out at the beginning. And I, I and and like I got into in that first prediction for 2020, I just it's there's not gonna be anything. So you're right. We're gonna have to find new ways to to discuss this this topic. Is it gonna be Luke McCaffrey? Um, the, 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 is he going to be slash? Is he going to be coming off the bench and doing all kinds of things like Cordell Stewart in the NFL? I, I just, I just don't know. And even if that's the case, if something like that is in Nebraska's plans, I don't think we'll hear anything about it really even in the spring. Maybe a hint here or there from something that comes from a player, but Nebraska coaches, Frost and Mario Verduzco, who handle this position, are, are, are well trained in how to just keep it all inside. Uh, I, I think it, it may be September before we really know what Nebraska has been working on through the entire offseason with the guys at this position. And that's assuming that everybody's healthy. If Well, Logan Smothers is not entirely healthy, but I, among the top three, if everybody's healthy, I, I really think we're, we're not going to get a hint at, at anything. Um, as for that second prediction, I don't feel super strong about it. I think there is going to be a time. Well, I, I mean, it, there certainly is going to, has to be a time where somebody who's on the roster as of January 10th enters the transfer portal. They can't all be happy. You can't make four quarterbacks happy. Uh, Nebraska will be in the market to recruit another quarterback, most likely for the 2021 recruiting class. So at some point, there's going to be some d- discord. I'm banking in 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 making this prediction that it's going to come after 2020 ends that these guys are patient enough and ready to buy into this system enough have already bought into this system enough in the case of the top 3 that they won't jump based on what happens in the season now all bets are off when you get into early 2021 going into into that season but we'll make those predictions well, next year but you know what look like just to just to throw a counterpoint at you like what about like Andrew Bunch, right? Like you would think Andrew Bunch is a guy that knows that, you know, barring a lot of injuries, he's he's not going to be the starting quarterback in Nebraska, right? And you would think he's the kind of guy that would, yeah. would, you know, enjoy the program and stick around and just sort of appreciate getting to be part of this. You know, he he went in the transfer portal three weeks ago because whether that's at the FCS level or wherever, right, He or, or any other program, he just, he just wants a chance to play, right? And that's just kind of how these kids approach it. And uh, I don't blame him. I, 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 you know, it, you can say, well, well, oh, you know, Noah Vedral should should be content because he's at Nebraska and all that. No, I'm sure Noah Vedral's a competitive kid who, if thing, if he feels like he's not getting a fair shake, is is going to have enough confidence in himself to to bet on himself and say, well, what if I could play somewhere else, right? So I, I think it's just it's hard to make assumptions about. Um, you know, loyalty in this stuff because there's just, and that's not to knock any kids. It's just, it's hard to make assumptions that uh, you can kind of keep everyone content when it's, it's pretty hard to keep everyone content these days. Absolutely. I mean, the playoff with three of the four quarterbacks coming via the transfer market, I think that only enhances that as an option in the minds of kids at every school, even at schools like Nebraska, there's that are far away from the playoff level. And Vedral is a, is, is an interesting case too, in that he he has already transferred, isn't going to have a lot of time left unless mm-hmm. he becomes a grad transfer down the road. 
But um, you know, it'll be something that's interesting to watch every every month, every week. And, and I don't mean to single him out. I honestly, don't because you could say the same thing about McCaffrey, and I'm sure there's a lot of coaches out there that would love to add. Uh, Luke McCaffrey to their program, right? So it, it, oh, yeah. it, all these guys have, and, and and if Adrian Martinez loses the starting job, he's going to have to take a hard look at, you know, where's my place here, right? So I think for, it's that that's going to be the fascinating thing, and I think because of the way things are in this fishbowl, it, it's all going to be heightened to the point that that you are going to see a strong reaction from from whoever doesn't get the job because you know everyone's going to put pressure on this thing for for the next nine months. Could you have imagined even three months ago that that, that sentence would, would be spoken? That if Adrian Martinez loses <laughs> oh, hell his job, no. no, absolutely not. Come yeah, on, yeah, this is yeah, it's yeah. uh it's wild. But that's uh, as I, as I wrote about before this early signing period um, with the number of quarterbacks that that, that end up transferring uh, over the course of their careers. It's a lot of times you can you you just can't see it coming. One thing goes wrong, and and it forces them to to reassess their uh you know their circumstances. Yeah, so. Elsewhere in these predictions, you know, it's, it's, it's everything's unpredictable. That's that it. That is the nature of college football, and it was the nature mm-hmm. of Nebraska in 2019. So let's make predictions about 2020. It makes sense. Everywhere else, elsewhere in these predictions, I I got into Maurice Washington. I got into J.D. Spielman's future at Nebraska. The growth of the linebackers, which I expect to uh, to be a big a big. Um, topic for Nebraska coming in and out of the spring. The early enrollees, there's nine of those guys. Got that into this piece. I got Bob Diaco into this piece after the news yesterday <laughs> that he will be returning to the Big Ten West. Nebraska's kickers are in there. Max, you've read this thing. Am I way off base with any of my predictions other than you already calling me out about the quarterbacks in the transfer portal? <laughs> you, you predicted that that Bob Diaco falls flat in his return to Memorial Stadium. I, yes. Uh, I, it is, it is fascinating that that's, um, you know, that's how it opens up there, and uh, certainly season opener. Uh, <laughs> how do you think folks are going to react to? I mean, I know this just happened yesterday, but how, how do you think folks are going to react to that when uh, when he comes back? Well, there's the excitement of a season opener to think about, so there's not going to be a lot of attention on Purdue that day, which is probably good for Bob Diaco. And he might be wise to want to coach from the press box. I, I, know, I know he won't change his, his game day assignment based mm-hmm. on the environment. He's a professional. The guy's been through, been through lots of uh, different situations in his career as a coordinator and an assistant coach and a head coach. So uh, we don't want to overstate the impact that the fans at Memorial Stadium might have. But I, I think it'll be awkward for sure. Um, probably just a strange trip overall for him to c- come back into Lincoln. One of the more strange developments of this bowl season, right, was that uh... – uh, that Miami Miami uh, getting shut out 14-0 against Louisiana Tech and and, and a lot of yeah. the reaction to it was, oh my God, my, Miami is in horrible shape. Is Manny Diaz in, in trouble now? You know, certainly they get rid of Dan Enos. What are they going to do offensively? All this stuff, and no one thought to mention, hey, oh my gosh, Bob Diaco just shut out the Miami Hurricanes in a bowl game. Uh, yeah, that that that's uh, an interesting point. Probably got Bob Diaco. You know that that maybe gave him the leg up that he needed to get to yeah. get uh, in Jeff Brom's good graces. So, what, and, what a and in my prediction, this is. yeah, in in my prediction on on uh, Diaco, um, I'm not saying that Nebraska is going to roll Purdue. The the Boilers have had their way with Nebraska in each of the last two seasons, and even uh, you go back to 2017, it was a one point win for Nebraska and escape in West Lafayette. So, uh, Jeff Brom kind of owns Nebraska. I just think that. 
Nebraska offensively is going to have a good day in the season opener. I'm staying away in this piece from making any predictions about number mm-hmm. of wins for Nebraska or really any any wins for Nebraska. I want to see spring practice. We will get to that later in the offseason. Probably another another summer column for me is predictions on on the season. This is more about the offseason and and uh and those kind of developments, but um Yeah. What what one of my favorite lines from your predictions piece um Six guys attempted field goals for Nebraska in 2019. It won't happen again. It can't happen again. Yeah, it can. I mean, if you're if you are the coaches at Nebraska, you have to do whatever it takes to ensure that there's no possible way that you go down that road with the kicking situation. It it is it is reasonable to say here on New Year's Eve that Nebraska would not have been sitting home this December if it had just a marginally decent kicker through 12 games this season there would have been been another win to be found <laughs> a, a replacement level kicking situation yeah yeah so whatever it takes if you've got a, I, I suggested that maybe nebraska is going to get a, that nebraska will get it take a grad transfer at some point you know likely those things happen after after may when mm-hmm. when players graduate receiver defensive tackle kicker if you can find somebody who can kick the ball out of the end zone on kickoffs and make a 50-yard field goal, then I, I say put him on the roster. Give him a scholarship. And I mean, a, you're yeah. right, though. Like Honestly, even if you could just find a kickoffs guy, that would make yeah. them so much better than this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's worth a scholarship. If you can find somebody who can just kick the snot out of the ball and give you touchbacks 70% of the time, even if you can't make a field goal, I say put him on the roster and give him a scholarship. It makes a huge difference. It would would have made a huge difference this year in preventing Iowa and Wisconsin from running down your throat on special teams in in, in key moments in those two those two conference games. Yeah, I, I agree with you. In, in terms of your other predictions you made here, um, certainly, I, I think I, I, I want to bring this one up because I think it's I do think it's an important topic, and, and we're probably going to focus on a lot of other ones this offseason, but. I'm glad you mentioned the linebackers, and 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 I guess how do you size up um, what needs to happen there uh, for Nebraska to be a lot more uh, successful? I, I think you certainly saw a lot of moments in Big Ten play where um, you know they got uh, Minnesota and others really really uh, you know planned it well and really got them there. Yeah, I think Mo Berry was a liability at times for Nebraska this year, and he's been a multi-year starter, so I think it's hard to uh, to reconcile that a bit. But I think Nebraska um, Nebraska will will have some addition by subtraction there. Um, I mean, look, he's a valuable part of that team. He was a huge yeah, he piece is. He is. inside the locker room. I mean, he was a, a stand-up guy, a leader on and off the field. But I would say in each of these last two years, um, he wasn't – the perfect fit. He wasn't the best fit for Nebraska in that three, four scheme. Um, I think you need more disciplined guys who can run and fill those gaps. And part of that is a scheme thing. As I wrote, part of it, part of that is on Eric Chenander and Barrett Rude. And part of that is on uh, the players to be able to diagnose things the right way. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that he was, he was, he was right for that. I think as the year went on, Colin Miller, especially and Will Honus, got better at that. And I think with another offseason, as long as those guys are coached right, and as long as Nebraska makes some adjustments with what it wants to do at that linebacker spot, and that's something I'm, I'm definitely going to explore as we get into the offseason more and talking to well, people about how Nebraska's linebackers can be um, those kind of players who, who work in this scheme. But um, 
And especially the, with you talking about the guys that have to step up there. I mean, you know, beyond Colin, like they're and, and Honus, like there, there's some pretty young guys there too that they need. Right. Not just the guys they brought in in this class, but they've got some young guys in the program there that you feel like it's time to see. You know, Caleb Tanner and, and Garrett Nelson and those guys take it take a big step and and can can guys like Blaze Gunnarsson come in. Um, or, or, or what they've brought in the junior college level. Can, can those guys come in and be what they need um, quickly? Because that's, that's a big ask in some ways. Yeah, Gunnarsson, Gunnarsson and the Juco guys, I think, will, will play a role, will be important. And Gunnarsson's coming off of an injury, so we'll see if he's even available uh, early in his Nebraska career. I, by, by that, I mean this mm-hmm. semester. The, the players who I think you can't overlook are that 29, the, the guys from that 2019 recruiting class, and it was three linebackers from in-state on scholarship, and then I'll add Luke Reimer to that group as a walk-on out of Lincoln. And I'm talking about Garrett Nelson, who, who of course, is a year ahead now in eligibility, uh, Garrett Snodgrass, and, and Nick Henrich. I think Henrich may have had the, the, even an impact even as big as Nelson if he had stayed healthy in 2019 and didn't need shoulder surgery. Inevitably, Eventually, those three guys, those four guys, you include Luke Reimer in that group, are, are going to determine the success of this of this group of linebackers in the in the early years of the Scott Frost and Eric Shenander run defense. I think they're that important, and and, and that that time it starts now. It starts this spring. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm I'm in my prediction was that those guys are going to be the most. It's going to make them the most improved group on the team. So, you know how I feel about those those four in-state linebackers. I think they're going to be able to make a difference for Nebraska, and um, you know, get this thing to uh, to a different level with that position group. So, quick uh, yeah, quick quick reminder before we uh, before we finish this podcast that I correctly picked. Both semifinal games of the of the college football playoff. Max, you had Ohio State. Great effort by the Buckeyes Saturday night. Um, lots of arguments right. that the officials. We made picks. Yeah, we did. We did. I went back and listened to our podcast pre Christmas uh, this morning as I was getting ready for this, so I could I could rub this in. I I, um, I appreciate the accountability. I, I respect yeah, your, right. your hustle Regardless, to hold me to that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I went two and zero. We'll have another podcast next week to revisit our picks in the title game. I am looking forward to uh, to your continued reports from the Sugar Bowl on on Matt Rule and and Baylor, who, as you mentioned, is coveted by seemingly every NFL franchise with an opening. Can you give us just a, a little preview of what's to what's to come from you on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll continue to track it. Certainly, he's not going to go interview for for jobs with the the Giants or Panthers or anything while he's in New Orleans. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how this drags on. Certainly, I think it comes down to can can those franchises. Uh, make him an offer he he can't refuse, and he, he's certainly very comfortable where he's at it at Baylor. But uh, you know, could be a very intriguing opportunity, especially for a native a New Yorker and Giants fan to to have the opportunity to run that franchise. And uh, really, really interested to see how he how he handles this. There's not really any any way he can can approach it uh, leading up to this that, that makes everyone happy and is, and is totally honest. But uh, he's he's handled it well so far. And uh, speaking of the Big 12, late this week, I'll be headed into uh, deep into the heart of Big 12 country to San Antonio. I'm excited to see three Nebraska signees at the All-American Bowl, formerly the, the, the Army All-American Bowl. You can watch that game on NBC on Saturday. I will be, be there to talk during the week, late this week, with uh, Turner Corcoran, the highly touted offensive tackle signee for the Huskers, uh, linebacker Blaze Gunnerson, who we mentioned 
earlier in this podcast. He's out with a hip injury and won't be playing in this game, but it'll still be on site. And then linebacker Keyshawn Green out of Florida, uh, one of the more intriguing kids to sign with the Huskers in all of the month of December. Uh, Keyshawn Green was a longtime Florida State commitment who uh, backed off that pledge when Willie Taggart was fired. And then, and then Scott Frost called called it a, a miracle that um, – that Nebraska was able to go in and get Keyshawn Green at that at that late stage out of the state of Florida. One of seven signees for Nebraska from the from the state of Florida uh, in this 2020 class, and and uh, certainly one of the guys that I'm more interested to to get to see play. We'll get the chance to watch him practice a bit this week in San Antonio. Talk to him and learn a little bit more about his story and how he ended up at Nebraska. So something to look for for sure in coming days on the Athletic. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good trip for you. Uh, as always, I remind you to to go find some torchies while you're out there. I do want to ask you though do, do you ever uh, you ever miss the Alamo Bowl? You know, now that uh, Nebraska left trips the, there, left the conference and can't can't end up in that one anymore. You ever miss that? I'm going to be watching it tonight on New Year's Eve. Here we go, Texas, Utah. You know, light it up. I'm ready. I'm ready for that game. I miss San Antonio. Yeah, I miss. That's uh, a great bull set up there on the Riverwalk. So I'm looking forward to getting back there. The game itself is not. You know, it's it's just like one of those cookie cutter bowls, like going to the Holiday Bowl or the Gator Bowl, the Alamo Bowl. I, you know, there's not like a tremendous mm-hmm. atmosphere there inside the Alamo Bowl. Um, I, I, I'm sure when Texas plays like this year that it, it's a bit different. But my trips there to see Nebraska play Northwestern. And, and Michigan, um, oh, I remember gosh. those uh, remember that some, somewhat. The Michigan game with the kickoff uh, return at the end, that was one of the more bizarre moments in, in Nebraska football history. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, miss, I miss going to San Antonio, so I'm, I'm glad. So, since I don't get a bowl trip this year, it's, this is kind of it for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Have fun. Okay, that's it for 2019 and the the whole decade, in fact. As always, thanks to all of our listeners. Go to theathletic.com forward slash the sellouts for 40% off a one-year subscription. Tell your friends and family members about us during your New Year's celebrations. And as you sit down to watch the rest of the bowl games, we'll be back in 2020 with new topics and new guests. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks, everyone.